Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My co-host over there is Greg Cott. And that is a little bit of Perihelion by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Our producer, Andrew Gill, recently spoke with the front man of that ultra-prolific Australian band, Stu McKenzie. We did review one of the three albums they have coming out this year. We liked it, Andrew, but I don't know if either of us are ready to uh, uh, dive into the 700 hours of uh, King uh, Gizzard and the Grizzard Lizard. Uh, it, it's, it's, <laughs> King it, Giz. It is quite a discography. You just call it King Giz. That's what, that's what Stu called it when I talked with him. Um, but yeah, they've got another album out now, Butterfly 3000. The last one you guys reviewed was LW, right? Right. Um, and now Butterfly 3000 is completely different. It's like electronic almost. It's like this band is crazy. Um, but I figured this was as good a time as any to add them to our series Hooked on Sonics. Um, you know, they're out pitching interviews and stuff. Sure. So I said, why not? So. Why not? <laughs> Sounds good, Andrew. So uh, for Hooked on Sonics, we have musicians analyze the song that led them to pursue a life in music. And along the way, we all learn about uh, the different ways music can affect all of us. If you want to hear more, there are about 20 entries from over the years of our Hooked on Sonics series on our website. So Andrew, what song do we have to thank for King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Well, I'm not going to take Stu's thunder. I'll let him tell you himself after the break. But I'm going to give you the clue that that song we just played, that is the song that he suggested I play that sounds the most like uh, the song that inspired him. So that was uh, the song uh, Perihelion from their album Infest the Rat's Nest. Um, so... <laughs> So you can let, just take a minute and guess. Uh, let some ideas. So I, I, see, I, you know, I was thinking like even Zappa at his Zappa yeah. would be too conservative for the Giz, right? You know, you know, Possibly. maybe maybe Beefheart. Uh, is, is there like is there a Beefheart cover band that comes from? Japan by way of uh, you know Outer Mongolia, <laughs> maybe right? I mean, Butterfly Three Thousand. I mean, think about the infest the rat's nest. Yeah. The Butterfly Three Thousand <laughs> in a year. You know, my um, mind is I, spinning. My head is spinning. Thank you for yeah. that. Uh, Someday we'll take enough drugs to yeah. really understand the gist. So, so Andrew supplied us with an intriguing clue. Uh, find out if you guessed the song correctly when we hear directly from Stu McKenzie after a quick break. Hi, I'm Stu from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And the song that got me hooked on Sonics was Ramstein's Du Hast. It wasn't something that I was used to hearing in my house out of my parents' record collection. It was just that primal, visceral energy. My parents were young. Dad took it upon himself to learn how to play guitar while he had my little brother and I, we were, while we were kind of like little babies. And I think that was kind of his Zen therapeutic moment after work was to go home and, and learn to like play and, and sing a song. And he would sing us to sleep every night. A lot of Neil Young and Bob Dylan songs, some Australian artists like Paul Kelly. And... They always came for Bradman because fortune used to hide in the palm of his hand. Songs that, you know, like a dad who's learning to play guitar would, would sing on an acoustic guitar, it makes sense, right? <laughs> the songs that were played. 
And that was what a lot of the music was in our home. My parents liked, you know, classic stuff like the Stones and Bo Diddley and things like that too. But it was mostly in the folk, country, Americana, bluegrass sometimes world. I also liked it. Like, I, I still do, but it represented a calm, serene place that you could go, you could be transported to. Like, if you put on music, you just chilled out, you know, you did your other things and you listened to it and it was, that's, music was beautiful and that's what it was meant for. And that's, that was my understanding of what music was, I guess. And then, you know, fast forward a little while and, and starting as like most young kids do start to just get interested in music because it is just this powerful magic, this alchemy, you know, music is just this amazing, powerful thing and it really does have an effect on pretty much all children. And getting around the age of nine, ten, I just moved school, I was in a new place, making friends with new people and um, there was one older kid there my new school who was just into such different music. I think it was his older brother or sister's music collection, actually, which is the classic thing. But he introduced me to like Ramstein, but also Rage Against the Machine and like Metallica. And I'm sure I'd heard ACDC, but ACDC in a proper way, like the proper albums, you know, like listening back to front to Power Age and stuff. And so we were kids listening to this, music and it just represented this different thing that I just had no idea music had the power to do. Yeah, I think I was 10. I was nine or 10. I was, let's say 10. And um, we had dance class at school and we had to create a dance routine. And yeah, my friend was like, I've got the perfect song. And I was like, cool, like, you know, cool music. Let's go. And um, it was Duhast, and he was like, we're going to create a dance routine to this. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is awesome. Du, du hast, du hast mich. Like, I love this. I love how, like, <laughs> this is not what we're supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> this feels so naughty. <laughs> but actually, we were just, we were, with, we were fully within the brief. We got those wooden rulers, and we used them as drumsticks. And we basically just like head banged, we just head banged like this, you know, banged our head up and down for like the entire duration of the song and played air drums. There was like no cues at all. It was completely and utterly freestyle <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> we were expecting to like be expelled basically. We were expecting like that this was just gonna go down like a lead balloon and, we're, and they were gonna call our parents and it was just gonna be a disaster. But we just didn't care because like we're into Ramstein and like, you know. But I'm friends with people who are school teachers now. Like they think it's extremely hilarious. Like I think our teachers would have thought it was extremely hilarious and cute. Pro they probably thought it was cute. You know, like 10 year olds head banging like there's something quite adorable about that. <laughs> no. Woke up in the morning with whiplash, like my neck hurt so much and I felt sick. Um, but it was just so right. It was just, yeah, I don't know. At the time, I didn't think too much of it, but maybe there was some kind of 
formative experience buried in there about learning that music has the power to take you to many places. And one of those is just extreme energy. It's very different to the, the place that I'd, I'd learnt that music can take you. Music really does have this power to create an emotion out of thin air. That emotion that I got was um, something that I'd never felt before. And, you know, not all of our music is like that, but a lot of it is. It, and a lot of it is kind of tapping into that just pure excitement and pure energy and lighting a fire under anyone. I played drums first. It probably was linked to those like early experiences with heavy music. I played that for a few years. I did really enjoy it, but I didn't go too far with it uh, until I picked up guitar at around 15. And by this time, a fair few of my other friends were like jamming together. And, and I think it kind of coincided with growing up type of time in my life, becoming a little more mature, figuring out who I am, the teen angst phase. I started just becoming friends with the arty kids and I just like needed to keep up. Like I needed to learn something so I could just hang out really. It's because that's what I kind of wanted to do. Yeah, honestly, I, I picked up guitar and I practiced my butt off for several years because I just like loved these friends that I'd made. It was weird. It was like, I love music. I obviously do love music. But as much as that, I loved this kind of like collective shared experience of um, just being creative with other people. I haven't listened to Ramstein since I was like 13 years old, you know, really. And that's not because like I would say I dislike it. If Duhast came on at the supermarket, like I would drop my shopping and like head back, you know what I mean? Like I'd be, I'd be pumped, but they're definitely not a band I followed deeply past that probably fairly important initial spark that they created. We will be right back. And we're back. We just heard Stu of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I really think uh, there should be a Patreon for any radio announcer ever that has to say that band name. <laughs> Ten times uh, fast. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, he, you know, he was playing music critic, and uh, and it's, it's great to hear any musician do that, but especially one as ambitious and far-ranging as Stu uh, from uh, the Gizverse. Yeah, you know, and I wanted to point out, you know, he did choose Du Hast by Rammstein, um, and that song did have a big impact on his life. But, you know, when I was talking with Stu, he wanted to be sure that it's clear he is not ascribing to all of the worldview of Rammstein by yeah. talking about this song. <laughs> they have been um, a little controversial uh, in the yeah. past few years. Yeah. Um, That's the same so he's, yeah. he's not throwing his, uh, his hat in their uh, boat. Yeah, no, 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 no. I would say it was probably a very different philosophy from uh, the Gizverse. Uh, you know, my enduring uh, remembrance of Rammstein, Greg, there was a year and a half there where they were on every 
uh, Modern Rock Radio Bill yeah, festival. Yeah, they but were. we saw them like six times, yeah. and the guy always had the flamethrower. He was always trying to burn the stage down whenever right. we saw them. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank Andrew for clearing that up because there is a, an element of uh, controversy there, but uh, we do have that understood now, exactly what they were going for and what they liked about Rammstein. That's it for this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. To support the show, join our Patreon community and our Facebook group. The show's produced, as always, by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our intern, Sol Delgadillo. Katie Cotts, our social media consultant. Thanks for listening.